Welcome to Poets and Writers. This is Henry McCarthy, WEHC 90.7. We got a great voice on today. We've got Lenar Moore on from down in Raleigh, North Carolina. He's a great poet. He's a writer. Wow, he's just done so many things. Lenard, how are you today? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm honored to be here. Well, we're honored to have you. And as we like to ask around the valley here, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Jacksonville, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Down east. Down east. All right, now I know you've written and done a lot of haiku, a lot of different uh, types of writing, shall we say, but I want to talk with you about foods. You have a great background in growing up, so let's just go immediately to growing up down there on a farm, right? Well, I, I my great-grandma had a farm. We didn't have one. We worked with her, uh, and we worked with other people, too. Mm-hmm. You know, we worked in tobacco fields, blueberry fields, you name it. And talk a little bit about what kind of food and what you learned about growing food down there. Oh, well, I learned a lot about growing food, how to care for food, how to plant food, how to nurture it, uh, and how to harvest it. Uh, you know, it was uh, great. I enjoyed that work. I learned a lot from my great-grandmother, a lot from my, one of my great-aunts, and a lot from my father. So I enjoyed that. Now, did you have an electric stove or a wood stove? Oh, we had an electric stove. Mm-hmm. We also had, you know, burn wood, wood for a while, too, then burn coal for a while. But we had an electric stove. So you would help on the farm, and uh, you had to get up early, right? Oh, yes, really early. (laughs) Talk a little bit. Now, you've written about food, and talk a little bit about farm food, if you will. I I love uh, listening to you read about, as I call it, farm food, but talk a little bit about that and read some about it. Well, what I loved about it, you know, when you harvest that food that you grow, of course you know what's in it uh, because uh, you plant it. Uh, Sometimes, you know, you you do compost, uh, so you don't have to worry about a lot of chemicals um, and and things of that nature. And then, uh, you know, it was a gathering when you harvest. You get on the porch, you snap beans. You shuck corn, all of that. It was fun, and you tell jokes while you're doing that. You listen to music, so it was fun. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it was my father and my brothers and me. Okay, do you have a poem or two for us about food there today? A poem about food. Mm-hmm. I know that you have written a great deal about it and weaved it into your poetry. Oh, yeah, I have, uh, but... Did I get a poem out about food, though? I don't know if I, I took one out about that. Uh, well, let's just talk about what what was the food? What were your favorite meals, if you will? Oh, wow. Oh, I love corn on the cob, corn off the cob, and I'm sure you know how you cook mm-hmm. that. My great-grandma used to cook that. You know, you cut the uh, corn off the cob, fix it up, and then you might have some cornbread might have some chicken or you might have some meatloaf oh it was so good all of that how about food. fish then, did you do any fishing? oh yeah you had fish lots of fish uh another one of my great aunts took uh two of my brothers and me fishing and so she taught us how to fish 
And then our grandfather taught us how to clean the fish. So, yeah, my mother would fry the fish. So, yeah, that was great. We enjoyed it, you know, and my father would cut vegetables up. You have raw vegetables like cucumbers, onions, tomatoes. So you had a a very good meal. How about a tomato sandwich? Well, I know some people did that, but I didn't do that particular (laughs) one. I don't think there's anything better than light bread and Duke mayonnaise and a good tomato sandwich, Lenard. All right, now, take us down memory lane a little bit and talk about your life. You've had such an interesting life, and you've accomplished so much, and you're an inspiration. I love your energy, Lenard. Oh, thanks a whole uh, lot. It is so great to... Well, what you don't know, I guess, I played sports for decades, so okay. maybe that helped. <laughs> uh, you know, no, right there. You just nailed it. Some, uh, some of the leaders and people I respect most got their values out of uh, sports, and my goodness gracious, uh, baseball was one of them. And so I, I knew I, – I, I didn't know that about you, but I should have known that. So talk a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I ran track and field, and I ran that <laughs> – wide open one time around the track they back then they called it the 440 yard dash but then when i was in the army and went to germany they called it 400 meters so i ran that too yeah and i played basketball Mm -hmm. so yeah matter of fact uh about three more months to make five years ago i just stopped playing basketball full court so i played that all the time so you're playing half court now and Still going, I bet. But you played full court. Do <laughs> you want to tell us your age? Uh, well, yeah, I know my age. Okay. But you know what? That doesn't even matter. That makes me want <laughs> to uh, work even harder. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, now, you have a doctorate and so on. You've taught in universities and you've done. And you're also world famous uh, in uh, haiku. So, you know, we're going to get to that a little later. But, uh, wow, wow. Yeah. I have a master's in African-American literature and, and English. Okay. Uh, you know, I taught advanced poetry writing, mm-hmm. advanced fiction writing, African-American literature, world literature, public speaking, those type courses. Absolutely. All right, Lenar Moore on Poets and Writers today, WEHC 90.7, sharing some of his wisdom, some of his thoughts, and some of his poetry. Well, Lenar, now you went in the military. Talk a little bit about how you happened to go in the military. Oh, yeah, yeah. One of my brothers got me to go in the military, so he and I went in the buddy system. Long time ago, you know, Mm -hmm. back in the 70s. um, Mm -hmm. He stayed in. I got out after three years, you know, got an honorable discharge and finished my education. I, I also took classes over in Germany, you know, University of Maryland overseas, mm-hmm. creative writing courses. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Talk a little bit about your writing. And I know you've got, how many books have you written, Leonard? Oh, wow. There are quite a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, if you count the books that I've edited and co-edited, there are quite mm-hmm. a few of them. Mm-hmm as well as the books that I've authored or written. Now, your latest book that is just coming out, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it's titled A Million Shadows at Noon. Mm -hmm. And what I did with that particular book is I employed the haiku form uh, to create a sequence or one long poem. I wanted to do something different. That's what I did with that particular book. All right. What's uh talk about some of the, what's the theme of it? And why'd you Well, it's a uh, 
a collection or a long poem on the Mean Man March. Okay, okay. Well, do you have some poetry to share with us today, Leonard? Do you mean poetry from that it, new one or uh, listen, other poems? I know or? enough about you. You can talk about jazz. You can do jazz. You you go with what you feel like this morning here on Poets and Writers, WEHC 90.7. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do a lot on jazz and perform with jazz bands, too. But, yeah, the... The new one, I could read yeah. some pieces mm-hmm. from it, uh, mm-hmm. A Million Shadows at Noon. A Million Shadows at Noon. Now, I do have to ask you about that title. Where did that title come from, Lenard? Well, I created it, and uh, I employ the word million and the word shadows throughout the manuscript, you know, mm-hmm. talking about the Million Man March mm-hmm. and... Uh, I try to have a beginning, a middle, and an end in it. I don't want to give away too much about it, okay. but as I say, it works like one long poem okay. or a sequence. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to pull some out of the manuscript. That'd be great. Or the book. Okay. Mm-hmm. Buses parked. The million black men gather. Falling October leaves. Hmm. Lane to the park, closing the car door, a gust of autumn. Wow, that's beautiful, Lenard. Now those, oh, thanks. Those are in a haiku form, correct? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, okay. absolutely. All right. right. Frostless morning, still breath, clouds rise, where stern men meet. Can you read that one more time? Okay, frostless morning, still breath clouds rise, where stern men meet. Where stern men meet, and that's on the march to Washington, is that correct? Oh, yeah. And so that, uh, would you say there was a, it was a serious march, and I know people have a sense of humor, but I like... Oh, yeah, 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 it was yeah. definitely serious and about issues and uh, freedom and uh, familyhood and that type of thing. Well, did you ever have a chance to meet Martin Luther King or Ralph Abernathy? Oh, no, I didn't meet him, but I could tell you something about uh, when I was in the fourth grade, they marched us to the auditorium to see his funeral on t- TV. Mm-hmm. You remember that? That stuck oh, yeah, I remember it vividly, and I've written about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Ralph Abernathy was his right arm, so to speak. And, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I had, I'm aware of all of that. Mm-hmm. I had a chance to spend a week with Ralph one time, and it was certainly a spiritual experience. And I, I was so, when you said Stern, I was so impressed with how simple and pragmatic and spiritual Ralph was. He was quite honest in so many ways and taught us a lot. Okay, so... Wow. Did you meet John Lewis, too? No, I, I never met John Lewis, but I, uh, mm-hmm. I wish that would have been nice up here, certainly in the, uh, these areas. And Oh, John Lewis, you're talking about the congressman. I went to the union organizer over here in the mountains, but yes, absolutely. No, I wish I had, Leonard. Now, I want to continue to Enough about me. I can go on about myself endlessly, you know. So, oh, okay. so I, I want, yeah, all right, back to a poem. I want, yeah, please. You t- right. take over now. Take over. Two Lane Street. One by one, the men keep coming mm. into fall light. Love that. Love that. Thanks. Just go with whatever you want to, Leonard. Okay. Still marching. 
sun lengthens on the asphalt street, a million black men. Okay. All right. Lenar Moore sharing from his latest book, and the title of that is, again, once again, here on Poets and A Million Shadows at Noon. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay, now. We're going to get into a little bit of haiku, and you and I have talked before, but you have you have such a knowledge base of it, and you're so appreciated. Uh, Miho Kenneth comes to mind. She's been on this show. And tell us, educate us a little bit. Pretend we're in the third grade, and you're telling us about haiku, Lenard Moore. Well, you know, a lot of people think that uh, haiku is just about nature and it has 17 syllables or five seven five syllables you know the three lines but i would call that traditional haiku i started out writing that way but contemporary haiku poets do not write that way uh you don't count the syllables or pad the syllables uh there there are a lot of uh characteristics to a haiku for example you have a contrast you have a kigo k-i-g-o which is a japanese word that means season word and it might be a word in the uh, haiku that uh, clue you as to what season the poem is about and i mentioned a contrast you have that there are a whole lot of things mm-hmm. you have in that haiku those three little lines and then I usually try to work with music in my haiku, you know, maybe alliteration or consonants or assonance or euphony. There, there's so many things. Yeah, yeah, and you, yeah. you, you love. And of course, vivid imagery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, you weave jazz into that too, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Give us a little example. What, well, I did something that I called uh, jazz coup. Uh, you know, so I've been experimenting for decades with jazz and haiku. So uh, I've written what I call jazz coup. I've written what I call blues coup. I've written what I call gospel coup. So I'm always experimenting. But what I can do is uh, read uh, some of my haiku with jazz, and let's see if I could find this uh, jazz suite. Mm-hmm or a jazz sequence in this book here titled uh, The Geography of Jazz, one of my books, too. That's great. You pull, I bet you've got books all over you at your house this morning, aren't you? <laughs> Just like yeah. you. you. You've got them. You've got them all over the kitchen table and everywhere else. Wow, so many books. But uh, here is one where uh, eight different haiku make this sequence. Uh, and it's dealing with jazz. Okay, great. Okay, jazz sweet. That's like S-U-I-T-E. Jazz sweet. Spring cleaning. Tracery of dust on the Duke. Ellington bookmark. An Armstrong reframe. A metal lock circles the campus courtyard. Steamy evening. Shadows plastering all the cafe walls. August heat, a record warps on the dashboard. Quartet in the courtyard, hazy stars. Alone with the moon, concentric circle of dust on old records. All right. Ladybug on the lampshade, last bars of piano. Late winter, a vibraphone opens the set inside the arena. Wow. 
Lenard Moore reading poetry today on Poets and Writers. Now, Lenard, help us out a little bit. You know, we come out of WEHC 90.7, Emory, Virginia, and, and, you know, around here, we're the birthplace of country music. How would you compare uh, jazz and country music? I've got some ideas on that, but I want to hear what you have to say. Are you asking me? Or yes. Are you asking? Oh, I'm, I'm waiting for you. You're the expert. Well, of course, uh, country music, I believe, tells a story. I know it does. Mm-hmm. Jazz, it's about feelings. Mm. You know, it evokes so many emotions or feelings within the uh, reader and also the musician, too. Uh, jazz is all about feelings. Mm-hmm. Who are, mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about the uh, famous jazz singers and so on, what you like. Oh, a singer, you know, immediately I think of Nina Simone, mm-hmm. Ella Fitzgerald. Uh, there, there are a lot of them that I think about. And then John Coltrane, Miles Davis. There, there are so many. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cyrus Chestnut. Talk a little bit about the the instruments that you have to be able to play in jazz, Lenore? Oh, yeah, you have to be able to play, of course, the saxophone. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the trumpet, mm-hmm. uh, piano, percussions. You talk about percussions. I think about Max Roach. You know, so many of them were from North Carolina, and then, you know, they went on to the Big Apple mm-hmm. or Philadelphia or where, you know, John Coltrane was from mm-hmm. Hamlet, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Max Roach was from North Carolina. Nina Simone mm-hmm. from North Carolina. It's a number of them. Absolutely. Nina, quite a story there, I believe, right? Uh, small town outside of Asheville. Oh, I, yes. If memory oh, yes. serves me right. Yeah, so. isn't it called Tryon? Ah, uh, you got it. You got it. Yeah. Very, very good. Well, how about now? We've got a chance here, and we have folks out there listening today to uh, poets and writers. We don't often get a chance to talk to. Well, we we ha- we've had some great people on, but this man is a is a ball of energy. So now I want to get. You, can you give us a little more of your poetry and read a little more of it? If I'm, I know I'm putting you on the spot, but I want to. Here's some oh, more. oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, great. Go for it. I think I want to read something for one of my elementary school teachers. I remember writing something for my first grade teacher, my second grade teacher, my third grade teacher, and I remember autographing the poems probably about 15 years or so ago and mailing it to him. And then, you know, I would always talk to him on the phone. So I think I want to read one of those. Okay, this is about my uh, third grade teacher, who also was a relative. So this was a long time ago, you know, back in the early 60s mm-hmm. or, or mid-60s. So the title is Her Segregated Platoon, because as you can imagine, this was before integration. So okay. for Miss Venice Hearst Fenderson Cook. After arithmetic and reading, black boys and girls at worn wooden desks recited the Pledge of Allegiance without faltering, while radiators clacked, the sun pierced and hummed. There was no talk of failure in the thumbtacked poster room, in the old brick school, in the heart of Civadale. Miss Cook brown and brainy, was a fierce general 
maneuvering us through lessons, the cadence of a song rising from thick line tablets used for polishing writing, correcting distorted history from bent back books with slowly smearing print, a war effort fought with love like the class schedule we always honored because we chose to learn subject after subject. We were little black soldiers without anxiety attacks, and Miss Cook, she drilled platoons like ours. Wow, wow. Without, without anxiety attacks, that means a lot to any age student and definitely, you know, our early teachers, I can call them by name just like you can, I'm sure. Gosh. Oh, yeah. Miss, Miss Thacker, right on up, just uh, great influences on us. And, uh, Absolutely. Like you, I can still mm-hmm. recall my teacher's mm-hmm. names. Uh, yeah. Miss Pierce, Miss George. Oh, Lenore. yeah, that's like me. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of Miss Devon, first grade. Miss Weaver, second grade. Miss uh, Finnison, third grade. I can go on and on, but yeah, I remember them. Well, Leonard, let's get as we move along here today. And uh, great producer Lee's watching the clock, and she's a wonderful. I couldn't do this show without the help that I get and the great producers. So, I'm gonna. Can you give us a couple more poems as we move on today? Of course. Yeah. Love hearing your voice. Love your energy. Oh, thanks a lot. I think maybe one more jazz piece, Mm -hmm. a poem. Great. And then maybe I switch back to the manuscript. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Raleigh Jazz Festival, 1986. On Fedville Street Mall, a lean man bobs his head. His sack shines, polished copper in a sunbeam. Rhythm, a splendid rising, echoing against concrete. The trumpeter inches across the homemade platform. His angled jaw swerves and slacks. His notes, perfect geometry for dancing. People snap their fingers. They are baseline, vibrating autumn. Pigeons peck peanuts. Drum beaks on the sidewalk. The musicians blast into sky. Ripple red leaves loose from a stand of trees. Glow in the sunset. Play vamps as earthlings will do. Wonderful. Wonderful. Oh, thank you. All right, now we'll have one more. Okay. I would like to end with something from the uh, new book. Uh, I take a a poem that's part of the sequence or suite from A Million Shadows at Noon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Autumn Light, the woman poet reading to the plaza crowd. Wow. Beautiful. Well, this is Henry McCarthy. We've interviewed Leonard Moore today. He's been on the show just a Great writer, great personality. Leonard, any co- closing comments on Poets and Writers? Well, today? I just would like to say you could order the book from mm-hmm. uh, Cuddle Book, C-U-T-T-L-E. All right. Uh, Cuddle Books, uh, you know, they have a special summer release where you could get uh, three books. 
you know. Okay. Allison Wimple and Julie Kelsey uh, and me, of course, the three of us. Okay. It's a special summer 2023 release of the three books. Well, Leonard, it's a pleasure talking with you today, and thank you so much for all your energy and all the work that you do in the world of literature. So thank you very much, and this is Henry McCarthy saying, do not wait up for me, do not be afraid to steal away. I'm going out to write a poem and watch the children play. Thanks for listening. I'd sing 
but no.